Good morning. Everybody doing okay? Yes? Good. A few announcements for you before we get started. Uh, this Wednesday is September 9th at 7 p.m. We're going to start. That's right, you guessed it. Small groups are starting up on Wednesday the 9th. I'm so excited. Uh, if you guys want to come, bring a friend. We're going to have a lot of fun, play some reindeer games, or just regular games, depending on what you're into. Uh, and it's going to be a blast. I can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. It starts on Wednesday, 7 p.m. It'll be here, and uh, you have to wear a mask, got to social distance, but that's okay because we're going to have fun, so it's fine. All right? Cool. Uh, this, then the Saturday after that, not this Saturday, Saturday after that, September 12th is the Glad Tidings Student Ministries Golf Open, so if you want to golf in that, I hear Luke Brandon's going to golf in it. What are you golfing these days, Luke? Like a 70, mid-70s, somewhere in there? Yeah, he's pretty good. He's, he's ready to take home the trophy. He's excited. <laughs> It'll be a lot of fun. So if you guys want to volunteer or if you want to golf, uh, let me know uh, like today or by the end of this week sometime. We'll get you guys started. Um, I've got some really exciting news. Really, really exciting news. I want you guys to give a warm welcome. We have two new adult leaders in the room today. Yes, you should be very excited. Everybody say, hi, Adam and Molly. Yeah, there's Adam and Molly Brown. They're the best. They're new, student lead, or new adult leaders. Uh, they own Tuffy's on McGalliard. It's an auto shop. That's Adam's thing. And Molly's a teacher, so they're great. Uh, give them a round of applause for signing up. Yeah, we're so excited to have them in the house. Yeah, so you'll see them around a lot more. Get to know them if you guys can. It's going to be a lot of fun. So anyway, good morning. So glad, so glad to have you guys here. Uh, we just, if you haven't been here with us, we just got out of a series on goals. Um, and we're about to go into a new series. But if you guys want to, before we start that, Team 56, if you're a fifth and sixth grader, I want you to follow Miss Bella Rourke out the door. She's right there halfway waving at everybody. We've got a few Team 56ers. There they are. There's everybody. Fifth and sixth grade. Go on ahead and head out. Follow Bella. I got ahead of myself. I almost let them stay. Get out of here. Run. No, just kidding. Okay. Um, but anyway, we, if you haven't been here, we just got out of a series called Goals, where we talked about God's wisdom for our lives. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, but we're going into a new series today called Who Am I? Uh, that's actually me, if you didn't get that on the graphic. That's like my hair right there. Used that. I don't have a bow tie, but that's close enough to what I would wear anyway. So uh, we're going to talk about who am I. Uh, and so in this series, we're going to be reading through the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians is a tiny, tiny book. It's like 155 verses. Uh, if that sounds like a lot, it's not. You could read the whole book in like 20 minutes. Uh, it's like six chapters. Uh, super short book, but it's chock full of things about our identity who we are. And uh, I love this topic. This is something, uh, if I'm just going to be raw with you guys, that I've struggled with for a long time. Uh, ever since I was a kid, I just, I just struggled with who am I? What is this concept of who am I, who God is, and how he relates to me and how he relates to you? Um, and so I want you guys to turn to the person next to you today. I want you to turn to them. I want you to go, who are you? That wasn't sassy enough. Do it again. Who are you? Yeah, who are you, you turd? Who are you? Gosh. <laughs> We're going to ask that today. Uh, in fact, we as a people, I want you to think about this. 
we are constantly asking ourselves uh, and asking others, who are you? You know, constantly asking that. What are your qualifications, right? What have you done in your life? Uh, why, why do you believe that? Why do you think that? How did you get here from there, right? We're constantly asking this. Who are you? What does that mean? Uh, we constantly want information, actually, specifically on other people, right? Think about this. This is the truth. Uh, this is why you have social media right now, okay? If you have Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, raise your hand, and then everyone's hand should go up, because I know you all have it. Besides, <laughs> I know you don't have it. That's funny. Um, if you have social media, you don't necessarily have it, right? Think about this. You don't have it to brag about yourself all the time, right? I mean, if you do, that's a problem, and we need to talk about that. But, like, for the most part, right, like, you don't have it just to brag on yourself. No, like, you want to know what other people are doing, right? You want to know who they are. You want to know uh, what they're up to, what they're thinking. And so it's not necessarily about ourselves, but, like, we have social media literally to watch other people, right? I Facebook stalk all the time. That's like my second job. Like I love stalking people on Facebook. Uh, I've stalked some of you on Facebook. That's terrifying. Uh, yeah, some of you are like, oh no, Pastor Isaac, see my Twitter. Uh, I love it. I really do. It's just like, literally, I was just talking about this um, with Amy. Amy just stepped out, but I was just talking about this with Amy, how like everything on the internet will exist for forever. Okay, like, and I know that you guys have been told that a lot. I was told that a lot in high school and middle school, and I didn't believe it. And uh, to this day, like, whenever my Facebook memories pop up, you know, like, if you guys have Facebook, it does this thing called Facebook memories, right? Like, remember the past. It's really stupid. Uh, and it brings up things, like, on that day from, like, decades ago, right, that you posted, Dude, like, I purge my Facebook through Facebook memories. I don't know if some of you do that, but I purge my Facebook. I delete so much stuff from years and years and years ago. Um, but see, the reason that we do this, we want to know the trends, right? We want to know about other people. Uh, and then we use that to tell ourselves what our identity is a lot of the time, uh, right? I mean, how many of you have, like, have, like, bought clothes because you saw someone wearing it in a post, Right? Or how many of you have, like, used terminology? Because you see someone saying that in something, right? And so constantly this question of our identity is at stake. Um, and actually, our identity, it, it's actually basic physics, right? It's super simple. Physics is not hard. People tell you physics is hard. It's not. It's just how this thing became that thing. It's not complicated, okay? And there's this, there's this principle in physics called the principle of locality. Say that with me, principle of locality, good stuff. Look at that. You guys are learning today. This is great. You're like, school's in Zoom session, not with Pastor Isaac. He's teaching you physics. Uh, the principle of locality says an object is directly influenced by its immediate surroundings. An object is directly influenced by its immediate surroundings, right? So just like physics, our identity is immediately influenced by our surrounding circumstances, right? Things that are around us. We constantly are determining who we are based on who's around us. And this is actually the problem with social media. Uh, and, and I say this, I feel like, in every series ever. But uh, it's just such a poignant point that, like, the problem with social media is we have too much in our immediate surroundings, right? There's too much, too much availability, too much knowledge, uh, too many things determining who our identity is. 
And so this series is going to be all about that, our identity, who we are, why we are designed the way we are. And I want to use some like, really specific examples of who I am to illustrate this to you guys. Okay? So through this series, we're actually going to do four things. We're actually going to, um, we're going to talk about who I was as a middle schooler today. That's going to be fun. Middle school is awful. I hate middle school. Uh, I love middle schoolers. I hate middle school. The experience is awful. And then uh, next week, we're going to talk about me in high school. And then uh, the week after that, we're going to talk about me as an adult. Uh, and then after that, we're going to talk about who God is. And so uh, I hope that you guys can just kind of relate to me in that way. Um, and so I know, like, many of you actually over the past few months, you've gotten to know me pretty well, right? Uh, we had over the summer, like, pizza with Pastor Isaac, uh, and you guys got to ask me some ridiculous questions, uh, ridiculous, ridiculous questions that you guys asked me. Um, and then we've had other events, you know, like we've had P3, where maybe we hung out, we tossed a football, or we, or we talked for a little bit, um, and, you know, we've got, like, if you're a student leader, some, like, student leadership meetings where, like, we talk and I teach and we do some stuff. And uh, some of you have just gone to coffee with me or you've gotten lunch with me, um, which I'm always down for, by the way. I love to eat. So if y'all are like, hey, you want to grab food? Yeah, <laughs> I'm there. Let's do it. Um, so some of you guys are getting, are getting to know me, and you're still in that process, and that's okay, and I'm getting to know you. Uh, but I realize if I'm really going to be your youth pastor, right, if I'm really going to do this, uh, then, like, I have to, like, be willing to, like, lead you guys in the face and counsel you with your own stuff, but you guys also have to know mine, right? That's the only way that, like, relationship works is we share our stuff, right? And, and that's okay. I, uh, like, you know, I've been places, I've done things, I, I've seen stuff, and uh, none of this is a problem because I hope in revealing how I came to know my identity, you can know yours, and then we can know Christ, uh, and so that's what we're going to do. We're actually going to ask ourselves four questions during this series. Um, and it's going to be really cool. So we're, first we're going to ask, who was I? Okay? Who were you in the past? All right? Who was I in the past? Secondly, we're going to ask, what am I currently? What's my state? Where am I at? Who am I going to be? Right? And then thirdly, actually, that's the third one. Who will I be? Where am I going? What do I want to turn out as? And then finally, we're going to ask, who's God? Uh, and so it's going to be great. I'm really excited. I want to start off, this is going to be great. Uh, I've got, uh, in this series, I want you to get ready, because um, I'm diving into middle school Pastor Isaac this week, right? Some of you are like, ooh, <laughs> you haven't seen the images yet, let me tell you. Uh, I want to show you guys a picture of me uh, in middle school, okay? This is brutal. Before we put it up, but don't put it up yet. Before we put it up, I want to tell you guys this. Okay, I'm going to preface you with this, okay? In middle school, who's in middle school right now? Like 7th, 8th grade? Listen, listen to me. Listen to Pastor Isaac. This is good. This is good advice. In middle school, you think that when you take that selfie, you're looking great? Just keep it to yourself, okay? Just keep it to yourself. Really, just trust me, okay? Go ahead and throw this picture up uh, of me. That is me. Oh, look at that ugly guy. Oh, oh! thanks. That's an amazing photo of me. Yeah, look at that. I think I was on my eighth grade trip. I think we were going to Cincinnati. Uh, man, I was ugly. Look at all that acne. Oh, those braces. That was tough. That hair's not good either. That hair's like... Kids in middle school used to call me porcupine because uh, my hair would like grow outwards. It didn't like grow in like a direction. It just like grew out. And so it's kind of spiky and yeah, 
the kid I'm sitting next to, his name's Gavin. Gavin's a friend of mine. He was uglier than me, so I wish he was in the picture more than, than I am. But Yeah, we can take that off the screen now if you guys want. That'd be, that'd be, probably, probably good, yeah. My wife didn't meet me till high school, so that's why we're still together. If she had seen that, she'd probably been like, there's no way I'm marrying this guy. So, yeah, that's pretty tough. That's pretty tough. Everybody's got an ugly middle school picture. Uh, if you don't think you have one, you do. We'll find it, okay? <laughs> right? Uh, and that was mine. I mean, yikes, right? And uh, you guys know me. I'm, I'm pretty blunt when I preach. And so uh, if I can just say this, uh, man... Middle school, the time of your life in middle school is just awful. It's just terrible. Uh, I love middle schoolers. I said that earlier. I do. If you're in middle school, you're great. You're a fantastic human being. You're going to do awesome things for the kingdom of God. Uh, But middle school as a time period is terrible. Uh, Some of you who are in high school, you're like, yeah, (laughs) right? Like some of you are like, man, that was just an awful time in my life. It's tough. You know, it's actually, it's really brutal. It's like the three weirdest years of your life, right? You hit puberty, right? That alone is just weird, okay? And then on top of that, you like, some of you are hitting like a growth spurt, you know what I mean? But like, you're not like filling out right, you know? So like one leg's longer than the other and like you kind of walk like this because that's what I did. Uh, Man, it's tough. It's just tough. You're trying to figure out like, where you fit, you know what I mean? Uh, some of you in high school might remember this if you're a high schooler, you know. Some of you guys are like, yeah, that's, that's, it was awful. It was tough. Uh, it is not a comfortable time, right? Uh, and it wasn't a comfortable time for me at, at all. Uh, it's okay. It's natural. It's just, it's life. It's how, it's how it works. Um, so, you know, for me, though, man, it was tough. Oh, I hated middle school. Uh, I still do to this day when I think about it. I grew up, just so you guys know, I grew up in a Christian home. Uh, my dad worked in ministry, and uh, my mom worked at Ball State. And so, you know, they were married, had a good marriage, good parents, uh, had some awesome friends. Um, and it was fair to say, and it still is fair to say, I was a huge nerd in middle school. Oh, man, I was a dweeb. Um, I didn't always fit in well. I was actually pretty quirky, pretty awkward. Uh, I still am to this day a little bit. Um, and many of my friends openly acknowledged this, and, and so did I. And, uh, you know, eighth grade hits, and all of a sudden I find myself struggling with who I was. You know, I don't know why I was eighth grade. It was just the year, I guess. Uh, but man, you know, it's like, I, all of a sudden it was like I had friends who were like, they were growing into like, people, you know? They were growing into who they wanted to be in high school and probably in college, and uh, I don't know. I felt like everyone was moving at, like, hypersonic speed, and I was, like, running in slow motion. You know what I mean? Like, I just felt like I couldn't keep up. Like, it just didn't make sense. Nothing was clicking. Uh, And, you know, it just seemed like everyone else always understood the jokes, you know? Like, everyone else got invited. Everyone else fit in well. Uh, and I just didn't. I don't know what it was about the time. I just didn't. And so uh, as an eighth grader now, I am like find myself struggling uh, with my self-identity and my purpose, right? Because like, clearly I can't fit in. Like Clearly I don't belong here. It doesn't make sense. Um, and through that, I realized I can't control my emotions very well either. Uh, I turned out to be a pretty emotional kid. Um, and I think I kind of had it in my head like that to fit in with the other boys in the room right? Like, I had to prove myself to be a man, right? 
And uh, girls, this may not sound applicable to you, but it is because like eventually you'll grow up and you'll get married and, and you'll realize that your husband probably struggled with this too. Um, or you've got guy friends right now that are like dealing with this heavily. Um, and so it was just weird. I was just struggling with this weird anxiety that I had. And so oftentimes I get into fights in school. Um, we broke a water fountain one time in a fight and, um, and I, I got, I don't think I got expelled, but I think I got like kicked out for like a three day session or something silly, got detention and, um, was always getting in fights, like, you know, trying to prove myself. Right. And then like, I think also, cause I didn't fit in. Right. It was like, I just got mad. Right. And so I couldn't like, just didn't click. And, uh, Man, I lashed out at my family, lashed out at my friends all the time. It was pretty brutal. Uh, I was a jerk, for jerk's sake. Um, and so what was happening on the inside was, I was really, what was really going on, I was struggling with not knowing God fully, right? And uh, I know I'm talking about me in middle school, but this is applicable to you in middle school, high school, college, adulthood. Uh, if you don't know God fully, then you don't know who you are. Okay, and I didn't know who God was fully. Grew up in a Christian home. Uh, probably should have known, honestly, but uh, it just wasn't there. And um, so I tried to alter then who I was, right, through like this dysfunctional action. Um, and then because I grew up in a Christian home, right, I had this like preconceived notion of myself of like other kids are like, you grew up in a Christian home, like you go to Union Chapel, right, like you go to this church, you're supposed to be a Christian, all this stuff, and. Uh, and I'd fail that persona. And so the cycle would continue, right? Of like, I'm trying to live up to the standard, can't do it, angry, upset, can't control myself, does something stupid, not living up to the standard. And so it kept on this cycle. And um, again, this is what I'm getting at. We cannot know who we are. You cannot know who you are yourself. You don't know yourself. And you can't live out God's potential for your life until you know who he is, right? Uh, and that's just the truth. And so um, we're going to see this reflect. I'm going to come back to myself in a second, but um, if you guys have your Bibles, we're going to go into Ephesians 1. Um, and like I said, Ephesians is like this tiny, tiny little book, uh, but it's actually all about Christian identity, right? Like this is like kind of considered like the defining book in the Bible on your ID, who you were made to be. Um, so to give you guys some context, Ephesians is written by Paul, uh, and we, we hear from Paul a lot. We know, we know who Paul is, um, and he's writing this letter to the city of Ephesus, okay? The last time Paul sees the Christians in Ephesus is in Acts, Acts 20, and uh, he says, it's like the last time I'm going to see you, and so he kind of like encourages them. He's like, listen, you guys are the Christian leaders. You're going to do this. Go be good. Can't wait. See you later, and then he finds out like they can't really keep up, and so Paul's got to write this letter to them, kind of instructing them on who they are uh, and what the Bible says about them. Uh, and so um, it actually says Paul is writing them about a specific problem in their culture, uh, and we don't know what that problem is. It doesn't actually even really say. Uh, some Bible scholars actually think that it was like witchcraft was what they were dealing with in Ephesus. Um, but let's just say for this sermon's sake that the people in Ephesus might be struggling with their own identity, right? Let's say that's the issue they're struggling with it because it's unnamed. So we can just guess, right? We can say they're struggling with whatever we want. And so, um, so Paul hints to these Ephesians. He's like, you need to be reminded of who Christ is as a supreme power in your life. Uh, and so if you guys want to, turn with me to uh, Ephesians 1, first chapter. 
verses 3 through 14. 3 through 14. Uh, what's funny about this section, this is the introduction of Ephesians. And a lot of times when you read the Bible, uh, you open up a book and you might read like the first chapter and then you might fall asleep reading that first chapter because it's so boring, right? It's just like a greeting. It's like, hey, how you doing? Good to see you. Uh, but the greeting in Ephesians is different. And uh, we'll, we'll see why in a second. Uh, the section in, in my Bible is called Spiritual Blessings in Christ. Um, and so Paul's greeting the Ephesians, and here's what he writes. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. Verse 7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ, as a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in him, in heaven and things on earth. Um, and then verse 11 just continues. This is going to be kind of a back-and-forth section, but I'll, I'll split it apart in a second. Verse 11 says, In him we have obtained an inheritance. I'm going to say that again. In him we have obtained an inheritance. We've been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. And then verse 14 says, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it? Um, To the praise of his glory, is how it closes. So that's a cool little section. Um, And I know that's easy to just read through this and be like, okay, he said hi, who cares, right? Um, But Paul is going to hint to the Ephesians some really important things, right? This is actually not a normal greeting, right? When you greet someone, you typically look at them and you said, hey, right? I saw some of you walk in today and I said, hey, what's up? How's it going? Hey, good to see you. Hey, you, Joe, Schmo, nice to see you again, right? I said, I say hello, I greet you, I say who you are, and then I ask you how you're doing, right? Here's what Paul does. Paul says, hello, what's going on? And then he presents them the gospel, Right? Because when you greet someone you know, you don't just say hi and bye, right? When you greet someone actually you know and love, you call them by their name. You speak their identity. You call them out for who they are. And that's what Paul does, right? He greets them by telling them who they are. They're beloved of Christ, right? He says that in like the first verse. You're the beloved of Christ. Good to see you. And if you really love someone, you want them to know that they're in Christ, right? I don't know why you wouldn't. And so then the question then is, who's the identity of the Ephesians, and therefore who actually are we as believers in this letter? Uh, One, we're chosen by God, right? Paul's, Paul's saying hello, and he's telling them who they are. Hey, you're chosen by God. That's in verse 4, right? even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. 
We should be holy and blameless. That's so cool. So he says, like, the Father chose you and me. Hey, Father chose you and me before the world was formed. That's huge. And then it says God actually knew what it took to choose us, right? It says in him. Who is him? It's Jesus, right? So off the bat, Paul is introducing himself to his friends, right? He's, he's saying hello. He's greeting them, and he's saying, hey, you're chosen by God. Good to see you, right? And then secondly, he says, you're redeemed through Christ. Uh, he actually says, redeemed by the riches of grace. That's verse 7. Uh, verse 7, he writes in here, he says, uh, let me find verse 7, 6, 7. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to his grace. So now Paul has, has said hello to his friend. He's greeted his friend, but he's telling them their identity. He's saying, hey, you're chosen by God. Nice to see you. Oh, but also you're redeemed through, through Christ by his grace. How you been? And, uh, man, I just want to ask, like, who wants their identity to be redeemed? You know? Who wants their identity to be redeemed? Um, and if I can just be real, uh, man, little eighth grade Pastor Isaac, that ugly picture you guys saw on screen, um, he needed to be redeemed. He needed to know who he was. Uh, he needed to look at all the dumb junk in his life. And he needed to have it wiped clean. Uh, and this is what Christ actually makes our identity, right? Thirdly, Paul tells them, we are known, we are made known of God's will. That's verses 8 through 10, right? When you have relationship with someone, you know their junk, right? You got a close friend that you know some things about them that like would probably ruin their life if it showed up on social media, Right? Like, I know, like, my best friend in the whole world, his name's Noah. I talk about him all the time. I know his junk, man. Like, I know crap about him from, like, before he got married, you know? Like, I just know, like, crazy stuff that would, like, probably blow some people's minds. And he knows stuff about me. But when you know someone, when you love someone, when you care for someone, when you're in a relationship with them, you get to know their stuff, right? Not just the bad stuff, but also you get to know, like, their secrets. You get to know their plans, right? The stuff that they won't tell other people, and so Paul is telling the Ephesians, you get to know God's stuff, right? God doesn't have any junk here, but God's got stuff. God's got plans. God's got ideas for you. God's got things that he wants you to go do and mountains he wants you to conquer. And so you get to know that in your identity, right? So now we're not just saved, okay? Sometimes salvation with Christ, I think people treat it as if you're getting picked last for the dodgeball team, right? You ever been that kid? I was that kid a few times. I got picked last a lot, um, right? We treat salvation as if like Jesus is looking over the crowd and he's like, well, I guess Isaac's the only one left, so I'm just going to have to take him on the team and save him by my grace on the cross. Come on, Isaac, you're on the team. We'll set you in the back. Don't get out, right? Uh, and that's not what's actually happening here. We're not just saved. We're not just picked last. No, like we get to know our creator and our identity. That's huge. Uh, that's actually unique to Christianity. No other religion. You get to actually know your God, have a relationship with him. His will is actually what we get to know. And, and these verses actually point out his will, think about this, is to unite heaven and earth. It says that in verse 10. 
as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven, things on earth. So now our identity is not just that, uh, that we're just chosen by God and then we're redeemed by Christ. No, 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 no. Like now our identity is we're known by God. We know God's will. And then what is that will for us to do? So now we have a unique purpose. We know our creator. We know his stuff. And now we get to help him with his unique eternal plan to unite sinners to saints. I pray really hard uh, sometimes that we just don't forget our purpose here, right? We wrap up our identity so many times um, in I'm going to make money and die, you know? I'm going to graduate, go to college, get a nice job, nice house with a white picket fence and a dog. Maybe get married, have some kids, but no eternal purpose. I'm just going to make money and die. And the reality is that is a mistake of us not knowing our identity, not knowing who we are because we don't know God. And so then fourthly, we're guaranteed something great, right? And this new identity of ours. Verses 11 through 14 uh, it's that last little section. It illustrates it really well. Paul says, in him we have obtained an inheritance. Right? We've been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Right? So we get this inheritance because like, God says that that's what we should get. It's pretty cool. Uh, and it, the inheritance is like, let me see. It says, in him also when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of salvation, and believed in him, you were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. You get the guarantee of your inheritance until we acquire possession of it. Our inheritance is heaven. Our inheritance, right, is like eternal salvation. It's, it's this huge thing that, again, no other man-made identity can give you, right? A lot of people wrap up their identity and who they are right now. If I were to ask you who you are, right, uh, if I were to go to Isaac French, I say, Isaac, who are you? And he says, I am a Newcastle Trojan. He is. Poor guy. Not a Burrasal, poor kid, right? Now, if he now he doesn't do this, but if he were to just wrap up his identity in that one little thing, right? What kind of life is that? There's no eternal inheritance in being a Newcastle Trojan or a Burrasal or a Cowan Blackhawk or whatever else, right? There's there's no and there's no like inheritance. There's no greater goal in a job title, right? I'm the CEO of this company. I'm the fry cook at McDonald's. I'm the janitor at the church. There's no inheritance there. No eternal inheritance there. So fourthly, we're guaranteed something great. And so then, this kind of brings us back um, to insecure eighth grade Pastor Isaac. Right? Geeky little kid with a lot of zits and braces. Uh, you're laughing like it's, it's not true. It's true. <laughs> uh, man, I just want to be honest. Um, the insecurities that I found in middle school as a middle school guy, uh, they would haunt me for the rest of my life, actually. Uh, still do to this day. Um, it is a struggle I battle with daily uh, of being insecure about who I am. Uh, there have been days where I have just wondered and wondered and wondered, what is the point? What's my purpose? What does God want? Um, such a challenge. And it's a struggle I battle with daily. But it doesn't have to be all bad. Right? It doesn't have to be stuck in that. Um, 
what I think you're going to find through this series and then through life is that many of the struggles that you battle during this time of your life as a youth are actually going to shape you in adulthood, and they might even find you again in adulthood. Um, and this is like perfect ground for God to do some work in us, right? Perfect ground for God to do worse than us, work in us. Um, today, God is still battling my insecurities for me. He's still trying to tug on my heart and tell me what my identity is. Uh, and Ephesians 1 through 1 verse 4 is just so key here. We read it earlier. Um, it just says, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, we should be holy and blameless before him. Holy and blameless before him. He chose us before the beginning of the world so we can be holy and blameless. Nothing about that verse is insecure, right? Nothing in that section right there is insecure about who God is and who I am. Even like in the midst of all our insecurities, all our struggles, all our pain, all our failures, God is the one who determines our identity out of it all. So let me ask this. Are you ready to, do you want God to be the determiner of your identity? Do you want to turn it all over to him and say, you know what, like, it's your turn to tell me who I am, right? Some of you in this room today, you are constantly continuing to try to determine your identity yourself. Um, and there is just a lot of silly stuff out there about identity today. There's a lot of crazy stuff that says that you should always get to pick who you want to be and who you are. Uh, and what you define yourself as. And that's nice. That's a nice thought. Uh, but it's wrong. Because uh, at the end of the day, you are a created being. You are a created person, right? And if you believe that, then therefore the creator should get to determine what he created, right? Nowhere in existence, anywhere else, does a creation tell the creator what it is, right? My wife loves Disney. She loves Disney World. She loves Mickey Mouse. Uh, my daughter really loves Mickey Mouse. That's terrifying. And um, <laughs> how crazy would it be if uh, the day that Walt Disney drew Mickey Mouse on a piece of scrap paper, how crazy would it be if Mickey Mouse looked at him from the piece of paper and said to Walt Disney, hey, Walt, I'm Tom Cruise. How nuts would that be, right? It makes no sense because the creation does not determine what it is created to be. The creator tells the creation what it is. And a lot of people don't like this. A lot of people are scared of this. But like, if you are going to try to follow Jesus or if you want to follow Jesus, like, let me just preface you with this. Like, dude's in control, okay? Like, Big guy upstairs, he's it, okay? And so if we continuously keep trying to define our identity by what we, the creation, say we are, we are going to fall short of what the creator intended every single time. What if Mickey Mouse had said to, Tom, or said to Disney, Walt Disney, hey, I'm Tom Cruise. Man, 
What a shortfall that is, right? Be Tom Cruise, be Mickey Mouse. <laughs> Tom Cruise is really lame, by the way, so don't be like, oh, Tom Cruise is better. Uh-uh. Listen, like, right? Like, Mickey Mouse went on to make Walt Disney and his family and his family's families billions upon billions of dollars. But had the creation determined what it was created to be, that would not exist. That wouldn't be a thing. So it's time that we let the creator determine what we are. And we're going to do that through the rest of this series. I'm going to close this out in prayer uh, real quick. Uh, dear God, I just thank you for this day. Um, God, I'm just so thankful that you are the determiner of our identity. Um, God, it is just such a cool thing to know that uh, we are created for a specific purpose. Uh, and that, God, you are in control over all of this. And so for every student in this audience today that's struggling with who they are, where they're going to go, what their purpose is, God, I just pray uh, I just pray unique intervention by you in their life. God, that you would just come to them and tell them, this is what I created you to be. Uh, God, I'm just so thankful for that gift. Um, God, I just pray a special blessing over all our student leaders and adult leaders in the room tonight, God. Um, and I just ask that you would just bless us this week, keep us safe as we go back into school and things. Um, it's in your holy and precious name we pray. Amen.